Hello, this is David Nakao Wilcoxon. This audio is from a Revelation Timeline Decoded YouTube video series that I made in 2021. The videos were very low tech, mostly me reading what's on the screen, so you're not missing much in the audio version. The Revelation Layers Chart and Summary PDFs that I refer to in the videos can be found at www.revelationtimelinedecoded.com. Enjoy the lesson. Hello, Set Apart Saints. This is David, and in this video, I'm going to talk about the takeover of the USA. In my The Earth Beast of Revelation 13 and the False Prophet video, I show how Messiah is pointing to the last phase of the Roman Beast Kingdom, the fourth kingdom that was foretold in Daniel 2 and Daniel 7, which stays in power until Messiah returns to destroy it. In my The Secret Destiny of the USA video, I show how the Society of Jesus had plans for America long before it was founded, which we see with the Jesuit Carroll family. They were instrumental in establishing the Declaration of Independence and in creating the District of Columbia in Virginia, Maryland, Virgin Maryland, and the founding of Jesuit Georgetown University in 1789. Jesuit Charles Carroll was the controller of Freemason President George Washington. The satanic Masonic design of the District of Columbia, the war goddess, and the Roman fascist symbols on the U.S. Capitol and in the U.S. House of Representative represents Rome's authority in those places and the God whom they serve. We see their control in the Jesuit stronghold of San Francisco, which was founded in 1776. We see it on the Great Seal, which tells the secret destiny of the United States of America. Rome Hill found the USA, so though it seems like the most powerful nation in the world, it's really Rome's District of Columbia that holds the power. Even though the Society of Satan and Rome helped create the USA, they've had to work to take systematic control of it covertly so that they don't wake up Americans to their authority over them. Those who control a country rewrite history to hide incriminating facts. Let me show you what U.S. presidents said about the Jesuit Superior General because they didn't teach us this in school. John Adams wrote to Thomas Jefferson in 1814 about the Society of Jesus' rebirth after the popes removed their authority and its danger to America. I do not like the resurrection of the Jesuits. They have a general now in Russia, in correspondence with the Jesuit in the United States, who are more numerous than anyone knows. Shall we not have swarms of them here, in as many disguises as only a king of gypsies can assume? If ever any congregation of men should merit eternal perdition on earth and in hell, it is this company of Loyola. Jefferson replied, Like you, I disapprove of the restoration of the Jesuits for it means a step backward from light into darkness. Adams wrote back to Jefferson, The society has been a greater calamity to mankind than the French Revolution or Napoleonic despotism or ideology. It has obstructed the progress of reformation and the improvement of the human mind in society much longer and more fatally. Before I show you the evil of the society of Satan in Rome, let me remind you of their oath, which says, that when the same cannot be done openly, I will secretly use the poisoned cup, the strangulating cord, the steel of the poniard, or the leaden bullet, regardless of honor, rank, dignity, and authority of the person or persons. Now, there's much more to the oath, which you can look up online, but I'm pointing out their command to kill authorities who oppose them. Did you know that John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, who both opposed the Society of Jesus, both died on the same day, on July 4th, 1826? the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence? What are the odds? 
They opposed the Jesuit Superior General, and the Society of Jesus upheld their oath to use poison to take out opposition, no matter the rank, and no autopsies were performed to prove that they were poisoned. Did you know that President James Monroe died five years later, on July 4, 1831? Again, what are the odds? He supposedly died from TB, but the symptoms are basically the same as arsenic poisoning. The Monroe Doctrine opposed the Jesuit Superior General, and he paid the price. President William Henry Harrison was elected on March 4, 1841, and served only 35 days, and then he got sick and died. He defied the Jesuit Superior General in his inauguration speech, and he also opposed the annexation of Texas, which the Society of Jesus needed to push the slavery issue. John Tyler took his place, and the annexation of Texas was approved within a few months. President Zachary Taylor only served from March 1849 until his death in July 1850, when he got violently sick on July 4th. Go figure. He fought the poison for five days and died on the 9th. He opposed the expansion of slavery and refused to sign a compromise that the Jesuit Superior General wanted. Millard Fillmore took his place and was more malleable to the Jesuit Superior General's will, and he signed the compromise that Taylor had refused. President Abraham Lincoln opposed the Society of Jesus. Lincoln said to his friend Charles Chinnicky, who used to be a priest in the Church of Rome, I am so glad to meet you again. You see that your friends the Jesuits have not killed me, but they would have surely done it when I passed through their most devoted city, Baltimore, had I not passed by incognito a few hours before they expected me. We have proof that the company which had been selected and organized to murder me was led by a rabid Roman Catholic called Byrne. I saw Mr. Morse, the learned inventor of electric telegraphy. He told me that when he was in Rome not long ago, he found out the proofs of the most formidable conspiracy against his country and all of its institutions. It is evident that it is to the intrigues and emissaries of the Pope that we owe in great part the horrible civil war, which is threatening to cover the country with blood and ruins. So many plots have already been made against my life that it is a real miracle that they have all failed when we consider that the great majority of them were in the hands of the skillful Roman Catholic murderers, evidently trained by Jesuits. But can we expect that God will make a perpetual miracle to save my life? I believe not. The Jesuits are so expert in their deeds of blood that Henry IV said it was impossible to escape them, and he became their victim, though he did all that could be done to protect himself. Lincoln said to Charles Chinnicky, I will be forever grateful for the warning words you have addressed to me about the dangers ahead to my life from Rome. I know they are not imaginary dangers. If I were fighting against a Protestant South as a nation, there would be no danger of assassination. The nations who read the Bible fight bravely on the battlefield, but they do not assassinate their enemies. The Pope and the Jesuits, with their infernal inquisition, are the only organized powers in the world which have recourse to the dagger of the assassin to murder those who they cannot convince with their arguments or conquer with the sword. Unfortunately, I feel more and more every day that it is not against the Americans of the South alone I am fighting. It is more against the Pope of Rome, his perfidious Jesuits, and their blind and bloodthirsty slaves. As long as they hope to conquer the North, they will spare me. But the day we rout their armies, take the cities, and force them to submit, then it is my impression that the Jesuits, who are the principal rulers of the South, will do what they have almost invariably done in the past. The dagger or the pistol will do what the strong hands of the warriors could not achieve. The Civil War seems to be nothing but a political affair to those who do not see it, as I do, the secret springs of that terrible drama. But it is more a religious than a civil war. It is Rome who wants to rule and degrade the North as she has ruled and degraded the South from the very days of its discovery. 
There are only a few of the southern leaders who were not more or less under the influence of the Jesuits through their wives, family relations, and their friends. Several members of the family of Jeff Davis belong to the Church of Rome. But it is very certain that if the American people could learn what I know of the fierce hatred of the priests of Rome against our institutions, our schools, our most sacred rights, and our so dearly bought liberties, they would drive them away tomorrow from among us, or they would shoot them as traitors. But you are the only one to whom I reveal these sad secrets, for I know that you learned them before me. The history of the last thousand years tells us that wherever the Church of Rome is not a dagger to pierce the bosom of a free nation, she is a stone to her neck to paralyze her and prevent her advance in the ways of civilization, science, intelligence, happiness, and liberty. This war would not have been possible without the sinister influence of the Jesuits. We owe it to popery that we now see our land reddened with the blood of our noblest sons. I pity the priests, the bishops, and the monks of Rome in the United States when the people realize that they are, in great part, responsible for the tears and the bloodshed in this war. Lincoln was murdered, and a trial was held for some of the Catholic perpetrators, who were executed by hanging. But the history books point to a lone rogue gunman. Catholic John F. Kennedy defied the Jesuit Superior General when he sought to avoid a war, and he started the process of taking control of the U.S. money supply from the Federal Reserve by printing $5 bills with United States note on them instead of Federal Reserve note. Because of those actions, he was taken out. Do you now see the Society of Jesus Oath fulfilled against the U.S. presidents? Were you taught about these presidential deaths in school? With such a vile reputation, you can understand why they hide who they are and work through front organizations. Every U.S. president knows who controls D.C., the Jesuit Superior General, and they know that they will be taken out if they defy him. They push his agenda while pretending to represent the American people. Slowly but surely, American rights have been removed, and their wealth is stolen so that they are slaves of the corporation of the Jesuit Superior General, District of Columbia. The labor and money of Americans fund the endless wars against other countries so that the Jesuit Superior General controls every country. This is why Iran, Syria, and North Korea have been demonized recently by presidents and the media because they don't have a Society of Jesus Rothschild Central Bank yet. The rights of the states and the citizens of those states were nullified in 1868 when the Society of Jesus had the 14th Amendment called the Reconstruction Amendment ratified. It was written under the guise of the amendment to give rights to former slaves following the Civil War. But in reality, it created a new empire, one that serves the Jesuits. Before this amendment, people were citizens of their state, not the federal government. Now, every citizen has a social security number and they are U.S. citizens. Part of the 14th Amendment says, No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of the citizens of the United States. That declares that the federal government rules supreme and that all the rights that we were given in our Constitution are now just privileges that can be taken away by the federal government. Before this amendment, the federal government was the servant of the states. Now the states are subservient to the national government, and the citizens are slave to their new master. The Act of 1871 created the Society of Jesus' Own City-State Corporation of the United States of America. The Society of Jesus used the Civil War to cause the United States of America to go bankrupt. Under no constitutional authority to do so, Congress, being in dire straits, created a separate form of government for the District of Columbia. They created the City-State Corporation of the United States of America that is titled in all capital letters. The United States of America, as founded by our forefathers, is bankrupt and dead. The United States of America of the Society of Jesus controls the people of America via their corporation. 
The leaders in the city-state corporation of the District of Columbia work for the corporation's interest, but they feign working for Americans as to not incite a revolt. You can search YouTube for the Act of 1871, and if they haven't taken them down already, you'll see videos about how this act was passed. So even though the Society of Satan and Rome helped create the USA, they've had to work to take systematic control of it covertly so that they don't wake up Americans to their authority over them. Okay, now I'm going to jump ahead on the fulfillment timeline of prophecy. So my video series that I'm going through, I am publishing them according to their chronological fulfillment on the timeline. But I want to complete the point that the United States is not the earth piece of Revelation 13, but rather is controlled by the false prophet, Jesuit Superior General, who leads the Roman beast kingdom. Revelation 16, 17-18 says, And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. So in the sixth seal of Revelation video, I show that earthquakes symbolize political upheaval. In that case, the pagan Roman Empire was declining and the leaders were battling against each other for supremacy. So there was great political upheaval. The seventh vial points to the greatest political upheaval in history, as all countries become subservient to the one world government. After World War III and a worldwide economic collapse, every country will beg for a one world government to provide a solution. Revelation 16, 19-20 says, And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God, to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. In previous videos, I've shown you that the great city is the Roman beast kingdom, which fights against the holy city, holy Jerusalem, which represents the saints. So these verses are saying that in the end times, the Roman beast kingdom is split into three parts, and that the sovereignty of the nations fall. It's pointing to the false prophet, Jesuit superior general, the end times Roman beast kingdom leader, controlling the world through three city-state corporations, which form one interlocking empire called the Empire of the City. These three countries have their own government and laws and are accountable to nobody. The city-state corporation of Vatican City is an independent country located within the city of Rome. The city-state corporation of the city of London is not a London borough, a status reserved for the other 32 districts, but it's a separate country in the city of London. The city-state corporation of the District of Columbia is 10 square miles, which is in the United States of America, but it's a separate country. D.C. is yet another small country within a country. It's not part of the United States, but it's used to control the United States. Washington, D.C. controls the world's intelligence agencies and military powers for the general in Rome. The District of Columbia flag has three red stars, representing the three city-state corporations of the Roman Beast Empire. The world's great cities will lose their independent powers and be subservient to the one world government and controlled by these three city-state corporations. They already control the world, though not every nation has submitted their authority to the Jesuit superior general, such as Syria and Iran, which is why they're in the crosshairs. Here we see the great city in the seventh bowl of the Roman beast kingdom. So the, the Roman Jesuit superior general controls the world via three city-state corporations. So there's the city-state corporation of the city of London, which controls the financial and trade organizations. Vatican City, 
which controls the religious and political leaders of the world, and Washington, D.C., which controls the military powers and intelligence agencies of the world. That's the great city being split into three parts. The seventh bowl points to small and large countries, so it's referring to islands and mountains, losing their independence and becoming subservient to the one world government. This has been the plan of the Jesuit Superior General via the League of Nations, the United Nations, for a long time. And the major players in the Jesuit Superior General's plan to take over every country in the world has been the USA. It was founded for this very reason, which we see on the great seal of the U.S. $1 bill. So let's look to see how they control the United States of America. They control the money supply via their Federal Reserve Bank. The evil one sunk the Titanic, which was really the Olympic, on purpose to get rid of some key people who opposed the creation of their Federal Reserve Bank. Benjamin Guggenheim, Isidore Strauss, the head of Macy's department stores, and John Jacob Astor, the world's wealthiest man, were killed when it sank. These three men, the main opposition to the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank, were eliminated. Once again, we see the oath of the Jesuits being fulfilled. Thomas Jefferson warned, If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their money, first by inflation and then by deflation, the banks and the corporations that will grow up around them will deprive the people of their property until their children will wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. The Fed creates credit out of thin air via their computers, or they pay the Treasury a small printing fee for a currency. For every dollar they create, our government has agreed to pay them interest. They funded the Roaring Twenties with easy money. Then the stock market crash of 1929 was engineered by the Society of Jesus when they suddenly withdrew money from the system, which collapsed the market. And then the evil ones bought the major corporations for pennies on the dollar. That's how you take over a nation. Every year, our national debt increases from the cost of wars, bailouts, social programs, etc., so that we have to pay more interest. The U.S. debt is now so large that it cannot be paid off, so we're enslaved forever, paying interest to the Fed. This is what Thomas Jefferson warned us about. Since the Federal Reserve Act was established in 1913, the U.S. dollar has lost 95% of its value in relation to gold. Not only are they enslaving our country in debt, but they also reduce the value of our hard-earned money. Their money-printing debt scheme is the biggest fraud ever conceived, yet U.S. presidents say nothing about it. Daniel Webster said, We are in danger of being overwhelmed with irredeemable paper, mere paper, representing not gold nor silver, no sir, representing nothing but broken promises, bad faith, bankrupt corporations, cheated creditors, and a ruined people. President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed executive order in 1933, forbidding the hoarding of gold coin, gold bullion, and gold certificates within the continental United States. They've removed the gold and silver, which backed our money supply. Each monetary note was legal tender. A silver certificate could be traded at the bank for the corresponding silver amount. They gave us Federal Reserve notes, which are not backed by gold or silver, and could be devalued at any time. And when you compare the modern bills, so if you look at a $100 bill, 50 20 uh, 10 5 and $1, when you look at the new bills, the new designs, and you compare it to Monopoly money, you see how they're mocking us with similar coloring. And here we see a comparison. So here's the 50, and you see the blue. Here's the 20, and you see the green. Here's the 10, you see the yellow. Here's the 5, and you see the red. And here's a $1 bill, and you see the similar color. President Johnson removed silver from our coins, which used to be 90% silver. But now they are made of worthless junk metals. And President Nixon took this off the gold standard. 
One ounce of gold will buy the same amount of goods today as it did 100 years ago, and that's even with the suppression of the price of gold and silver. But a Federal Reserve note is worth about 5% of what it was 100 years ago. In 1908, they used William J. Donovan, who was a devout Roman Catholic and was awarded the highest possible honor by the Pope, the Knight of St. Sylvester, to create the OSS, the precursor of the CIA, which is the Catholic Intelligence Agency. Some, if not all, of the directors have been Knights of Malta. They created it to protect their evil empire, under the guise of protecting Americans. The Jesuits have built many schools in the USA, which allows them to form the minds of students and to select people to use for their agenda. Today, the Jesuits maintain 60 secondary schools and 28 colleges and universities in the U.S. alone. More than 50% of the Jesuit institutions in the U.S. are more than 100 years old. Clinton graduated from Georgetown University. Trump attended Fordham University, and two of his children graduated from Jesuit Georgetown University. The Al Smith Dinner shows who selects the presidents and who controls D.C., so it's held during the election year of the president. Here's Bush and Gore with an archbishop right in the middle. Here's Obama and Romney with Roman Archbishop. He's really the controlling man in the United States for the Jesuit Superior General right in the middle. Here's McCain and Obama. And here's Hillary and Trump. Once again, between them is the control of Rome. When you see how the Jesuit Superior General controls the District of Columbia, you're not deceived by the puppet show. The Society of Jesus controls both political parties and they have them play out their roles to cause Americans to be caught up in the political narrative, instead of seeing the Wizard of Oz, who is behind the curtain and controls it all, the Jesuit Superior General. They fill the media with stories of the battle between left and right so that Americans are distracted and divided. They're causing emotions to run high on both sides, pitting Americans against each other so that they don't realize who is their collective enemy. Today, the U.S. government is filled with people who were trained at Society of Jesus schools. Catholics rule D.C., as we see with Joe Biden, John Bowner, Nancy Pelosi, Mike Pence, Rudy Giuliani, etc., etc. The Supreme Court is now stacked with Catholics, and Chief Justice John Roberts, Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, Sonia Sotomayor, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. Protestant Christians think that they're well-represented because they're Christians, but they fail to understand who the enemy is. So then it's no surprise when John Roberts and Amy Coney Barrett don't really act conservative at all. They side really with the agenda of Rome. The political battle between left and right is an illusion created to distract Americans while the leaders on both sides promote the agenda of the Jesuit Superior General. They pretend to fight while they both work to push the U.S. and the world into the Jesuit Superior General's one world government. It's all theater, as the president is the puppet of the city-state corporation of D.C., which is controlled by Rome. They switch parties to make Americans contend for a while, but all presidents are promoting the same agenda of Rome. There's so much more to the story, but that's not the focus of my book. The point I'm making is that the Society of Jesus has stolen Americans' wealth to use it for their trillion-dollar war machine, which they're using to push the world into the one-world government. That is the secret destiny of the U.S., which has been laid out since its founding by Jesuits and Freemasons. D.C. is controlled by the general in Rome, who controls almost every nation. The U.S. is not the earth beast of Revelation 13, and people who say that it is are effectively deflecting blame away from the false prophet Jesuit superior general and his army of soldiers. Our duty is to expose the great city of Rome and her Society of Jesus army, and to pray for the utter destruction of their deceptions over mankind. 
Prayer is our most effective, powerful weapon against the society of Jesus, the enemy of Messiah, his saints, and humanity. They will not prevail. The harlot church of Rome will be destroyed. The false prophet, judges, prayer general, and the Antichrist beast pope will be cast down from their pinnacle of power. The saints will prevail for the glory of our warrior king. In the next video, I'll talk about the end times Laodicean church era and the hour of temptation which will come upon all the world. Thank you for listening to this Revelation Timeline Decoded audio. You can request a free copy of the Revelation Timeline Decoded summary PDF or order a printed copy of the book, which explains it in detail, at revelationtimelinedecoded.com. I love y'all. Shalom.